With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome into the midweek version, end of week version this week here at the MMQB Podcast. I am Matt Verderam, one of the two NFL staff writers, joined by the other NFL staff writer, Gilberto Manzano. I just got back from Kansas City for the season opener, which is where we're going to lead off. We're going to get to five best games of the week. We're going to talk about the Chiefs. We'll talk about the Lions. And we're also going to get to a little bit of news about the Bengals, who had a huge signing on Thursday and then maybe not so great news for their future coming out on Friday. So we'll get to all that. Uh, but first things first, uh, Gilberto, how you doing? I'm doing well, Matt. And I'm glad you reminded me about Joe Burrow's contract. I totally forgot because it happened during the game. That was pretty weird. And then he kind of felt like, it's a rivalry, right? Might as well do it and take the spotlight for a little bit. But I'm glad you brought it up. I remember now. But, Matt, I'm okay. How, how about you? you? You were the one driving through Iowa to make it here to record with us. I was driving through Iowa, and I got to tell you, that might be the worst state in the country. <laughs> it's got to be up there. And any Iowan listening, listen, don't take it personal. I'm taking a shot. Like It's just – it's nothing but a cornfield for, for like four and a half hours or whatever it is. Like I was on I-80 going east, and I'll tell you, man, it is just – if you take a picture of Iowa anywhere you are, that picture is good for any other place in the state. There is, it's just it's unbelievable how little there is. They do have the world's largest truck stop, and they make like a really big deal about it, which is all you need to know about Iowa. Okay, that's all, like just the fact that that's the thing. The only rival I have for it is in Indiana. If you're driving down the interstate, there is the RV Motorhome Hall of Fame. That also might be one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, those two states, truly, it's like driving through the bowels of hell. Um, but I made it. I had to get my daughter. So uh, we're running on about four hours of sleep after I was in the game in uh, Arrowhead. And I, I guess – so let's look, let's lead off since we now are one game down, 271 to go. Um, what were your initial thoughts on the game before we kind of dive into the Chiefs and then Detroit? Yeah, you know, I, I hate to – start with a cliche but like the tale of two halves right and, and, and it's so funny how mm. people have short memory 
and especially on social media like it's so weird to me now because you know as a as a former beer reporter on thursdays i'm covering practice i'm writing a story and i miss like the second like the first half of, of thursday night football and then i get to the to to watch it and i see some comments but i got to watch a philly from home uh from the comfort of my home you're out there grinding uh matt but the storyline was Oh, look at Patrick Mahomes. Who who needs Kelsey? Who who needs a number one wide receiver? <laughs> Seven, eight guys touching the ball. Wow, this guy's amazing. And Mahomes is amazing. And then the second half, Mahomes did his part, but those guys couldn't catch the ball. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. Usually, I don't find myself frustrated, but when Kadarius Tony dropped the, like the third or fourth ball, that 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 big uh you know pass down the middle, and he dropped them. Like, what's going on with Tony? So it, it was. Like I guess I should just summarize. It's good to have football back, and it's good to be this emotional about a game. But and it was twenty-one twenty. It was a little clunky, but you know, just seeing you know trying to defend that Super Bowl title, I feel it's going to be a long road. And when you start off with no Kelsey and no Chris Jones, it's kind of I was like, okay, can you do it again? Yeah, you know, look, they dropped the banner to start the game, and then they dropped everything else. I like the the. Stats for drops are always weird because everybody has their own interpretation, right? Like one person's drop is another person's bad throw, whatever. I would argue in that game they had a minimum of six, and if you want to be generous, they may have had nine. I mean, Tony dropped four by himself. Sky Moore dropped three. In my you could you could argue it's two, but he at least dropped two. I, I would argue it was three. McKinnon dropped the ball on third down. He should have caught. That would have been a first down, or I believe he would. He would have been. He would have caught it like a yard shy of the six. But I think he would have been able to get the first down. Um, and they had, and Rasheed Rice had to drop uh, early in the game, although he made up for it. He actually he actually played very well as the game running a touchdown in, in his NFL debut. Look, I think that's where we have to start. So last night when I wrote, I wrote on the Chiefs' angle, Connor Orr was writing our Lions' angle. I walked away saying, look, this game is really easy to break down. Okay, the Chiefs were five of seven on third down in the first half. They were 0 of 7 in the second half. And a lot of them were just dropped, just dropped balls right in guys' hands. Um, one of those third down miscues was Tony catching, a, or, well, not catching, should have caught a pass. Then he pops up in the air. Brian Branch says, thank you very much, and goes 50 yards for a pick six. And then later in the game, wasn't a third down, but the pass you were talking about where if Tony catches that ball, they're in field goal range. And Butker's a top three kicker in the NFL. Like, they're probably winning the game. They're probably knocking through a field goal, and that's it, and they go home as winners. And so that's really where I wanted to get into this. Look, last night, and I wrote this in my my column that hopefully people go in and check out. So Sky Moore and Canarius Tony have gotten a ton of buzz this offseason. That they're guys who are going to be making an impact. They're, they're starters on this team. So last night, Sky Moore was targeted three times, and Canarius Tony was targeted five times. And their cumulative stats were one reception for one yard. <laughs> it's just, it's about as bad as you get. Like Scantling had, Baldur Scantling at 48 yards, Justin Watson 45 yards. For those guys, that's fine. Like, that's not a bad night for those guys. Noah Gray, three catches, 31 yards. There's nothing great, but fine. Isaiah Pacheco led the team in receptions with four. Uh, Rasheed Rice, three catches, 29 yards, and touchdown. Like NFL debut, that's fine. But it was, it was a tale of a bunch of drops. Um, as as we've both laid out. So look, the the overarching the overarching question now, and, and it's an overreactive question. So let's kind of get into this. Like, how concerned should we be about the Chiefs? They're 0-1. They lose 21-20 to what we think is a good Lions team. 
Kelsey's hurt. Very well might be back next week. Chris Jones holding out. Obviously, there's uncertainty when he's coming back. Where's your level of concern from 0 to 10 for the Chiefs here as they move forward? I guess I go, you know, halfway, five. And, 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 and again, I think it's part of just to get back to the mountaintop. And it's, and it's going to be a lot of obstacles to get there again. But, you know, if, if, like it, like all the reports are saying, Kelsey should be back soon. Like if Kelsey's back, they should be okay. I am very concerned about Chris Jones. But, like, like after a while, like how many games can this guy miss? You know, you got to get on the field. So if they have those two guys, I feel very confident with the Chiefs being back in the playoffs and, and doing their thing. But I guess the question is, like, how long will they be out? Like, how long will this, this contract hold that last for Chris Jones? Uh, we saw Nick Bosa get paid. I don't, I don't know how much that impacts uh, the Chris Jones contract. Right. Uh, different positions, but it is still two of the best defensive players in the league. And then Kelsey. If Kelsey's back next week, I think they should be okay because people were debating, you know, last night was, do the Chiefs need a number one wide receiver? And and, and I, I told you last week, Matt, I wasn't, I, I wasn't too concerned about these wide receivers. That's, be, that's before Kelsey went down. Like, yeah. like they really need that piece, but... You know, I get it. They, they do need a number one wide receiver. One of the things that really annoyed me this offseason, everybody just assuming that every random guy on the wide receiver depth chart for KC is going to be a stud. And, and I get it. It's, it's, it's overhype in the offseason. But they have very quality wide receivers. Like, I was impressed with Rice, the rookie there. Uh, Watson made a couple plays. Uh, yeah. If Ross, you know, he's, he's an experience, has a lot of potential. So they have a bunch of really good number twos, number threes. But the difference makers is Kelsey. And you don't have that. Yep. That that really hurts them. And, and Matt, I want to ask you one question about for you being there because I read your story and, and great great breakdown of the third downs. But you said you asked a question to Andy Reid, and you followed it by saying <laughs> silence. Like, was he mad? Was he annoyed? What happened there? He. So I asked him. Uh, thanks for asking. So I asked him. Um, I said, "Look, third and short has been a problem for the Chiefs now for multiple years. I mean, and." and you know, my dad is a big Chiefs fan, so like I'm very close to him. I, I grew up a Chiefs fan, so like I, I am very acutely aware, even more so with them than everything. Like what's always going on with them, and the short yardage thing has driven people crazy because they have such a good offensive line, and they they can't run for a yard. They were almost better on third and ten last year than on third and one. That's impossible, right? For people who are unaware, so Mahomes got hurt in 2019 on a quarterback sneak. They have, since that play, they have never run a quarterback sneak, ever, with Mahomes, with any other quarterback. They will do it with Blake Bell, their tight end, <laughs> which led to one of the worst plays you've ever seen last night. Yeah. We're on third and inches. They get Bell under center, and Detroit pinches now because everybody's waiting for this. And the Chiefs thought they were going to catch him, and they ran a jet sweep to Rasheed Rice. Well, the problem with that is when 10 guys are on the line of scrimmage, you have nowhere to go. And so he lost three yards. Um, but what I asked Andy was, I said, look, Coach, this has been a problem now for a while. Do you ever consider changing your stance on the quarterback sneak because it's the most effective play in football in terms of percentage? Um, and he answered the question by saying, essentially, look, you know, this is something we worked on in terms of short yardage. We know we got to fix it. It's on me. But he completely disregarded the part about the sneak, <laughs> which tells me that it's not changing anytime soon. So that was the silence part of it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you. As far as my level of concern with them, I, I can honestly say, I, for me, it's at a zero in the sense that they're defending champions for a reason. Like, there were years the Pats would lose their season opener and then they'd go 13-3. and three. I still think the Chiefs are going to be a 12-13 win football team. Like, I, I don't panic. I think the Lions are good. And the Chiefs played without two Hall of Famers, two of the three best players. And if they don't drop literally a half dozen or so passes, they win the game, like, somewhat easily. Or at least, I, I think, maybe by, you know, a touchdown. 
It was a night where I don't think you're going to see them drop that many passes the rest of the year. If Kelsey's back, Kelsey has such a gravity to him that it opens it up for everybody else. Everybody else now is wide open because everybody's so focused on him. Um, I'll tell you the other thing. Truthfully, I thought I thought defensively they played really well. I thought the I mean they get 14 points to a top five offense. They didn't have Chris Jones. They got pressure. They only had one sack, but they harassed Goff much of the night, forced a turnover. I thought defensively the Chiefs only gave up three and a half yards per carry on the ground to a line scene that has a great offensive line. I think if you're the Chiefs, you walk out of that game going, look, defensively played really well. Special teams were fine. Offensively, a pass protection. Mahomes did not get sacked in the game. Um, there were a couple shaky moments. Hutchinson is a is a beast. Look at them in a second. Yeah. But I think overall, if you're the Chiefs, you're like, look, if we don't drop a thousand passes and we get Kelsey back, like things are good. So I really don't have much to be alarmed about from that, like long term. I think it was just more of one of those like frustrating in the moment. How could you possibly do what you did? I don't think it has a big holdover effect going forward. Yeah, you know, I'm with you, and it's going to be a long year. And like, like you mentioned, like it's a lot of what if, what could have been for the for the Chiefs there, and they could easily won that game by, by ten points. So you know, if you're the Lions, you know, to win on the road in prime time, you're, you're super, Huge. you're hyped. It's big for you. You take it any way you, you could take yes. it. And, and that's the big thing about the NFL. A lot of these games come down to the wire, and maybe the Lions were never in one-score games. They were getting blown out, or when they came to one-score games, they just you know fell over. So that was huge. You know, the, I, I was impressed with the Chiefs' defense, and hopefully, I'm not jumping the gun here, but I was a little frustrated with the play calling of Ben Ben, ben Johnson. You know, you, you got this great offensive line. Yeah, I agree. Pound the rock with Dave Montgomery. You know, we'll get to it too. But like with the trying to manage two guys, Gibbs and Montgomery. But I, I, maybe it could have been like the like you know I'm a big boxing guy by the way uh, you know you're punching the body you're going at the body and eventually the guy's gonna wear down it kind of felt like he was doing that a bit you know because the fourth quarter they took over that that with the running game and and, and they yeah nice drive and end. you close it out that's the way you want to do it. it's kind of the old school football and so Dan Campbell right but we all wanted to see the, the the Ben Johnson creativity and that never really came but to the credit to the Chiefs to do it without Chris Chris Jones their best player defensively and again. No Frank Clark. So where the, where's the Paris? Pass rush going to come? We saw a lot of young guys step up. Yeah. Uh, secondary was good with Trent McDuffie. He was really impressive. Uh, year two for him. Uh, Karloff is a year two guy. So, yeah, if, if you're the Chiefs, it, it does sting this loss here, but you have a lot to be proud of, especially defensively. Yeah, and they get a who back after six weeks. He's suspended. So, no, I think I think that's all right. So we'll, we'll move on from the Chiefs, um, get to the Lions part of it. Now, the Ben Johnson thing is a good way to look at or to, to jump into this because – like, I, I'm of two minds with the Lions in this game. Like, they won the game, which, hey, that's the biggest win the Lions have had in a, a decade plus, okay? They beat the defending champs in their building. I I know Jones and Kelsey didn't play. I get it. It's still a big win. That's still a, a really nice win for Detroit. Get off on the right foot to go home to play Seattle next week, home opener. Place is going to be going crazy. And, and I'm not here to rain on the Lions parade. But my question is, you know, do we walk away from that game – Really impressed with the Lions, somewhat impressed with the Lions, somewhat like their warning signs there, because I'm with you on the Ben Johnson thing. I was sitting in the press box talking to some people up there saying, you know, it was a bizarre way to call the game at times. Like they, you know, the first drive of the game, they run the ball for, I think it was seven yards on first down, and then they threw twice and threw doing completions and punted, right? There were other times in that game, they had a third and 10 in the red zone, they throw a little bubble screen. And McDuffie forces a fumble on it. Now, the fumble's not on Ben Johnson, of course, but it's a play that's not going to pick up first down. Kind of a weird play. I also thought Dan Campbell, and it ends up getting thrown in the dustbin because it didn't matter, but 
Now, when they hit the ball in the Chiefs' 40 and they punted in the second half of that game, I was... I had I had a lot of concern for Detroit about that. That was and and by the way, Mahomes immediately drove the Chiefs seventy yards down the field, and they they dropped eight more passes and <laughs> kicked the field goal. Um, where do you stand on that one for the line? Super impressive, just a good win, or yeah, they won, but I'm concerned. You know, I, I think it, it was impressive because, like you mentioned, they haven't done anything in, in what uh, thirty years. If you want you want to talk about winning division title, yeah. they haven't won it since yep. 1993, and you're going to be a real contender in your own division. You better win games like this, and and what what does it get tougher than just going to KC uh, banner night? And, and I get it, no no uh, no no Kelsey, no Jones, but you still got it done. And I think that 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 shows a lot. And kind of all wrote a good wrote a good good wrote a good column on Dan Campbell and believing. And, and I remember that that punt you were talking about. I'm like, ah, it doesn't feel like Dan Campbell. You should go for that and, and believe in your guys. But when you go when you go for it early, I think it was the first quarter from your own twenty on a fake punt. I'm okay. You've done enough yeah. believing here. I think I think the guy's got the point, and it got Ben Johnson into a rhythm. You know, I got everybody into a rhythm. Like, hey, I believe in you guys. You guys might be a little nervous out here. It is a big night. We've been hyped all off season, but let's go for it right here. And and I really like that. And Dan Campbell just being true to himself. And even in the I don't know if you caught it, but even in the end game interview, Dan Campbell's like, I know where you're going with the next question. Let me answer it for you. Like, this guy's just ready and eager, and he just believes in his guy so much that I think that identity, that culture was on full display on prime time. It was a very good win, and I'm not going to discredit it because sometimes you get opportunities like drop balls from Tony, which, again, very frustrating, but they took advantage. By the way, that 4th and 25 play, that's one of the best plays in Mahomes' career. And it doesn't matter because Sky Moore has bricks for hands and dropped the ball. Dude, that is in person. Like I was, I had a great view of it. Obviously, up in the press box, when he threw that ball, at first you're like, "Oh, he's just throwing it to a crowd." And then as it started to come down, you're like, "Oh my god, he's going to hit him right in stride." And if Sky Moore catches that ball, they're they're like on the periphery of field goal range, and Sky Moore was like, "Nope, absolutely not, going to drop another pass." And ends the game. <laughs> real quick, I mean, Matt. Can I ask yeah. you real quick, Matt? Because like my rule is, and, and I, I was discussing it with some guys in the press box you know, a couple years ago, and I'm like, if you put a hand on the ball and you don't catch it, that is a drop. I don't care if it's a little too high, a little too low, whatever. You touch that, you better come down with it because I've seen guys make one-handed catches. You yeah. better do it too. What's your rule? I want to know. So I'm not, I'm not as tough a grader as you, but my feeling is, if you get two hands on the ball, you should catch the ball. And that ball wasn't even – that wasn't even a hard catch. It hit him right in his hands. There was nobody hitting him. Like, he he was – I don't want to say wide open, but he was open. Like, he – that ball couldn't have been brought down there and placed in his hands better, and he and Kadarius Tony all night long could not catch anything. That would have been one of the all-time Mahomes highlights if he had caught that pass. Um, but he didn't. And I could tell you – you know, it was funny after the game. We'll get right back to lunch. Andy Reid – he was, like, pretty upbeat after the game. Like, you could tell he was actually like, yeah, you know, you could tell he was pretty happy with a lot of things that happened. He obviously wasn't happy with the result, but I think he felt like, hey, you know what, a lot of things went well, just the drops absolutely killed us. Mahomes was Mahomes was pissed. Like, you could just tell after that game. It, nothing that he said, like, he didn't say anything controversial, but just his body language. Um, He made a point at one juncture of saying, like, yeah, you know, maybe this will be, you know, I've been telling the young guys, like, we actually have to, like, we got to give it our all every game, or like this stuff's going to happen. Maybe this is a lesson. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but um, in any event, it was interesting. All right, back to the Lions. Jameer Gibbs last night, his numbers weren't anything crazy. Like, it, you know, he, he didn't, 
You know, he had seven carries for 42 yards, which is a great average. He had one nice run at 18 yards on one carry. Um, also caught two passes, 18 yards. Nothing that you're like, oh, my God, you know, 150 yards. I was very impressed with him. You did just a lot of tools in the in the in the box, right? Like a lot of ability. He had one play early that he would have walked in oh, the yeah. end zone, but he he actually I think juked himself out and blew a tire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Detroit scored in the next place. It didn't end up hurting him. But um, I was impressed by him. I thought he played very well, even in you know somewhat of a limited role. And then Aiden Hutchinson last night, man. You look at the box score and go, okay, Aiden Hutchinson, four tackles. He had three quarterback hits. He also forced. Uh, a holding penalty on Trey Smith uh, that they probably actually should have declined and they took and then Mahomes immediately burned them on third and 17. But, man, I think if you're the Lions, if you're a Lions fan, look, other than the fact you're, you won and you're thrilled about that, I'm really high on Gibbs and uh, and Hutchinson it looks like he is just going to become an absolute superstar for him. Yeah, you know, starting with Aiden Hutchinson, I'm kind of kicking myself because I've been, I've been very critical all, all offseason about where is the pass was going to come after Hutchinson and I didn't, I didn't factor in how much better he could potentially get. And he's so much better. It looks like he looks so confident out there. And then he was kind of at a disadvantage. We could talk about it. You could, maybe you were there. But the Jawan Taylor being backed up thing was very controversial. So, yes, yeah, so he had to deal with that. And he was still <laughs> applying pressure. So, I, if you want to get into it before I go back to the Lions, Matt. But it, to me, it looked like a, yeah. like a blade and false start. And then you have the guy on, on TV, the, 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 the referee expert saying, yeah, yeah they're not catching him. I don't know what's going on here. So, I don't know if it came up in the locker room or whatever after so, this has been a thing. Like, this is not the first time. Uh, the Rams had a guy. I can't remember if it was Andrew Whitworth or somebody else, but there was another. There was a tackle for the Rams who used to do it like consistently. And then there have been a few games where you watch it and it happens. Like Jawan Taylor has done this even dating back to his Jacksonville days, but Jacksonville was never on prime time yeah, for the yeah. most part, so it like, didn't matter. It's egregious, and I'm sorry. Like, I had Chiefs fans who are like, he's getting off on the ball. Like, uh, look, man, he. <laughs> There were some plays in Duke Mannyweather, who's a good follow on Twitter, and he's an O-line coach. Like he, he was showing that on some of the plays, he actually was moving with the ball. But there were some of these plays. Look, I'm not even going to kill him on the get-off as much as it is he's lined up in the backfield. Like you, The rule is, for people who are unaware, that the tackle's helmet has to break the center's hips, essentially, right? His belt. There were plays where if you look down the line, Juwan Taylor is not even like touching the center's rear end with his helmet. I mean, he's not even close. So I will say this. If you're Juwan Taylor, keep doing it until they call you. Right? I mean, if, if you're a tackle and they're not going to call it, by all means, just keep firing off and see how long you can get away with it. It's a five-yard penalty. You get called for it, stop doing it. Um, the officials, I would imagine somebody on the Lions at some juncture in that game was like, hey, guys, uh, he he's he's – False starting by about a full half second here, but yeah, it was it was bizarre watching it in the press box. Everybody just kept laughing because you're like, "How could you not see this?" I mean, it's so. But apparently, uh, not not in the eyes of John Hussey and his crew. All right. Um, last thing with the lines, we're going to go on to T. Higgins and Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Um, you buying stock in the Lions? I know uh, you were a little bit pessimistic maybe coming into the yeah. year. How do you feel about them right now? Yeah, you know, I, I went with the Packers and seeing uh, Christian Watson being ruled out, I do not feel good about it's that heart right now. Uh, but I am, you know, I am buying stock in the Lions, and, and I, I still feel like they'll be a playoff team. I picked them to make the wild card. I didn't pick them to win the division, but I think that I think they'll be good. They'll be good. I, I'll, yeah. I'll probably say that I, I look maybe wrong on the draft class. I was very critical of Gibbs and Campbell being one-two. And let me say this about, about Gibbs. Like, he was really impressive 
as you know, you could tell this guy has, has a uh, he has very quick, big play potential. And I was just watching this guy go zero to sixty in, in, in a second or half a second. I'm like boom, like this guy's going fast. Like yep. you mentioned, he, he tripped himself uh, for that touchdown. But my concern with the Gibbs usage is he can't really you know pass protect. And if you're supposed to be the guy who can make the, the catches out of the backfield and you're there on, on third down or, or obvious pass situation, you can't pass protect. Uh, you can't really help. You can't. That's the problem. And then if you want to be this old school, uh, you know, pound the rock, it's going to be Montgomery. So how do you figure out this system? And and, I, and I'm i not saying I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a great coach mind here, but like when you don't have Jameson Williams, why not run, run more two running back sets and, and just have, you know, it gives be another wide receiver. He's pretty good. He's dynamic. Give him the ball. Uh, yeah. that could be an issue there because after Amon Rossi Brown, you know, I saw Josh Reynolds makes a, a couple plays, and I do like Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end there. But yep. you're going to be thin for the next five games without Jameson Williams. So I want to see hopefully Ben Johnson incorporate some, somehow these two running backs together and find a good balance because it was an issue and he didn't get enough touches. But we saw the potential, and I'm like, okay, if he has a ball more, he's going to create some dynamic plays in the open, in the open space. So we, we'll see if they figure that out. Uh, Brian Branch getting that pick six, another rookie right there. Uh, yep. You know, Jack Campbell had the PBU before that to set up the pick six. So uh, right there, the rookie class is showing out. And when you have that, you tend to do well for the season. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you just mentioned four rookies, and they, they played really well. And I can tell you, I was up in Allen Park this summer, and they are super high on those kids. So, um, yeah, and look, I, I know there are probably listeners who are like, yo, well, of course they're high on them. They're rookies. No, no, no. Like, like actually high in them, like like really, like genuinely, like look, these guys, these guys are going to play a lot early. Like they, they're good. Branch in particular, they could not stop talking about Brian Branch. You saw why? Um, no, I, I look, I I picked the Lions to win the division. I'm not backing off that. I also think the Packers are a, a borderline playoff team, so I wouldn't be shocked if they make it. But I, I think the Lions are good. I, I I will say I wasn't like blown away. I mean, look, they. They were beneficiary, uh, the beneficiary of the Chiefs basically lathering themselves up in Crisco for that game and just dropping every ball out. But they won. They won. And I and I think if you're the Lions, it's a huge step. You should be happy about it. Lions a couple years ago lose that game by 20 points even with all those drops. So kudos to them. A great job there. And to your point, by the way, with Gibbs and pass protection, I'm guessing Montgomery probably wants him to get up to speed on that too because there was a play <laughs> last night. Dude, Nick Bolton hit Montgomery into next month. Montgomery went to step by. The, you know how it is in a press box. There's not a whole lot of like noise during the game. Man, when that happened, everybody in the press box was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Sent them flying. But yeah, no, listen, it's uh, it's a good story. I'm curious to see how Detroit plays against Seattle on their home opener. That is going to be probably the loudest. That Ford Field has been in a really long time. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Let's move on. Uh, So the Bengals. In, uh, in news the last uh, 24 hours, uh, one good thing, one maybe not so good thing. So Joe Burrow gets his deal. Uh, five years, $275 million. We've talked about it. We expected that he would eventually be the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. He now is. That deal is done. Um, not surprising in any way, shape, or form. You knew this deal was going to get done at some point. Once Herbert got done, Hurts got done, you knew – it's going to happen here. $219.01 million guaranteed. Mike Brown had to throw all that bad boy in escrow. I'm guessing that he was probably sweating a little bit when he had to do that. We obviously don't have the year-to-year breakdown yet, but it essentially sounds like it's a it's a four-year fully guaranteed extension um, as, as Burrow gets 55 annually. I think it's right where it needs to be. You know, he was always going to get more than everybody else. It's not crazy more than anybody else. Uh, it, it's in line with what you would expect. Do you think that the you know the, the contract is what you were uh, looking for numbers-wise? 
Yeah, you know, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback. But I wonder if, you know, factor in that Mahomes is going to probably reset it in a year or whenever because that's, that's yeah. they kind of want to go over each other. And I'm like, maybe because I could see potentially Burrow making $60 million. He's that good. And the, But I wonder when sure. it comes to contract negotiations, like, hey, yeah, you are good, Joe Burrow, but you know Mahomes is going to jump the line again and he's probably going to get $60 million. So I think you're good right here at 55. And he's like, okay, I'll take it. But it's just funny how this deal went down so late. I get the injury probably – uh you know, delayed it a little bit. But I was wondering, like, hey, it's already Thursday night. You know, is this contract going to happen? If, if you're Joe Burrow, you don't want to go out there and risk it with not, without, without a big, massive contract. So good for them getting it done. And like you said, uh, I don't know how Mike Brown's going to do it, but they got it done. They figure it out. Uh, that was kind of similar with the Chargers, too, with Dean Spanos and Justin Herbert. But both of those owners got it done. Uh, great quarterbacks to, uh, to to bring the game for the next few years, uh, being on the spotlight there. But we'll, we'll see what happens with Mahomes trying to take advantage of that. And, and it's funny because... I was thinking, man, I'm like, is, is Joe Burrow, like, if, if we're talking about a football player, Nick Bosa and Joe Burrow on a, on a yearly basis, it goes from $34 million to $55 million. I'm like, Nick Bosa's really, really good. Is there, is there really a $20 million gap there? I don't know. I know quarterbacks. Quarterback yeah, age. quarterbacks do a lot. I get that. But that was kind of my, my uh, random idea in my head. I'm like, is, is it really that, that big of a difference? But it is quarterbacks. It is quarterbacks. It's quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are it, man. We all know it. Um all right, so look, so Burrow gets $55 million, all right? Now I'm going to bring this back to the Bengals in a second, but he gets his extension. Herbert got his extension. Tua has not yet for obvious reasons. I mean, there's health concerns. He, you know, he struggled early on. Now he's played very well, but I think the Dolphins are kind of in wait-and-see mode. Um, and, and listen, whenever he gets paid, should he get paid, that's fine. Well, he's not going to get paid out what Burrow gets unless he goes out and has an MVP season this year. It's interesting to look forward, though. So the next guy in line is Trevor Lawrence, who is going to be extension eligible after this season. If Trevor Lawrence goes out and has a great year, he's going to be pushing for Burrow-esque money, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be very interesting. Now, the rest of that quarterback class, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Zach Wilson and Trey Lance are not getting Burrow-esque money, so I don't think we got to worry about that there. But if you're trying to figure out where all this is going next, Justin Fields also extension eligible after this year, although he's not, unless he just shocks the world. Another one not in Burroughs' class. But Lawrence is the one to watch. Lawrence is kind of the next in line, so to speak, of the young guns. Um, So, look, Cincinnati gets their guy locked up. I always say sooner rather than later is better for teams because the money's only going to go up. You only have to pay him more as we go deeper into the, uh, the contract. So, good on the Bengals for paying Burrow now. Today, on Friday, for those listening, comes out uh, from Kelsey Conway, uh, who covers the Bengals as a, as a beat reporter. She put out, I'm going to pull up her tweet because I want to make sure this is 100% uh, accurate. I'm not just paraphrasing for her. Uh, she covers them for the Cincinnati Inquirer, by the way. So her tweet said, uh, quote, a wide receiver T. Higgins is not believed to be in the Bengals' future plans, a source tells me. The two sides never got close on an extension. He, for the record, has one year left on his deal. Unless something, quote-unquote, shocking happens in the next 24 hours, he will play this season with no long-term deal from Cincinnati. Okay, so I pose the question to you, sir. A, are you surprised by that? And uh, B, as we look at the Bengals, who are most certainly a Super Bowl contender, uh, is it a mistake to you? You know, I guess it is a little shocking to me because what, didn't the GM at the Combine say we're not going to get rid of T. Higgins? He's going nowhere, right? So 
And so at that point, I'm like, okay, he is a big part of the future, and they're going to make it work because, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow are a very big pieces in what you're trying to build uh, in Cincinnati. So I am, you know, surprised. And I think maybe it was shocking or surprise or whatever it was on the tweet. Uh, they bet they better figure out something shocking to make it work because T. Higgins is a really good player. And and shout out to T. Higgins. He knows his, he probably knows his value, his worth. He's, you know, he could probably be a, a very expensive number one wide receiver in the open market. So he wants to get paid like it. No, no hometown discounts there. So, that, you know, you got, you got to get what you, you, you can get at an open market or I guess it's not open market just yet. Uh, but I am a little surprised, you know, when when Joe when, when you're trying to factor in Joe Burrow, you didn't factor in T Higgins too. They were in the same draft class. You know, he's just as, you know, he's not not just as good, but he's very talented. So I don't I don't get what's going on. So I am surprised about the report. Uh, but they better figure something out to keep him because he's really good. But I, I get it. You could always draft a wide receiver. A lot of good ones come out every single year, and it's kind of like like Patrick Mahomes, right? When they got rid of Tyreek Hill, as long as you got the good coaching, the good quarterback, and some other good players. You find guys in the draft and you make it work. So, but I really like T. Higgins. Uh, it's unfortunate, but they do got to pay Jamar Chase as well. Yeah. So, look, Higgins has played three years so far. He's averaging almost exactly a thousand yards per season. He's got 19 career uh, touchdowns, actually 20 touchdowns, one rushing, and 19 receiving. Um, he's been durable. He missed a game last year. He missed uh, three the year prior, but in uh, rookie year played them all. He's a great player. Uh, he's the kind of guy that you look at, like, he's 6'4", 215 pounds. I mean, he is the Robin to Jamar Chase's Batman. And if you don't have him, I'm not saying you're shutting down Jamar Chase, but it becomes easier to now you're rolling coverage and it's a little bit... Because this is a, a very interesting year for Cincinnati, all right? So, Joe Mixon is in the last year of his contract. It is exceedingly likely this is the last year Joe Mixon plays for the Bengals. Tyler Boyd is in the last year of his contract. It is a likelihood, I think it's fair to say. He is in his last year with the Bengals. T. Higgins is obviously in his last year of his rookie deal. And as you mentioned, Duke Tobin, who's the GM of the Bengals, at the Combine, I was there, I was at the presser, talked about, we're not going to trade him. You know, He's part of the future. He's important to us. Well, uh, maybe they, they're not going to trade him, but maybe uh, ownership is not willing to go to the mat in the way that the Tobin thought they would, uh, or, or maybe the negotiations just got out of hand a little bit. So Higgins is represented by David Mulligetta of Athletes First, and Mulligetta is a major, major player in, in the business, um, does well by his clients. He represents Deshaun Watson. He got Deshaun Watson, the biggest guaranteed contract in NFL history, Okay, coming off of what Deshaun Watson's coming off of. So that tells you how powerful Mulligetta is. Um, he is not going to take a discount. And so... If you're, if you're Higgins and you're Mulligetta, you're looking at the market, and you know I'm curious your thoughts, of course, Gilbert. I, I'm sitting there going, look, man, the top guys are getting 30. I want at least 25 a year. Like That's where we're starting. I want A.J. Brown's deal. Because when A.J. Brown signed his contract, okay, that was before last year when he went off. Okay, That was before that happened. So here are the, the first three years of A.J. Brown are unbelievably similar, unbelievably similar to T. Higgins. If you look at his first three years, he averaged 1,000 yards per year, like almost to the T. He had 24 receiving touchdowns. Higgins had 19. He also had one rushing touchdown for what that was toward to you. Like, he had 185 receptions, and he had one Pro Bowl. Higgins has not made a Pro Bowl yet, but he has 215 receptions. Like, if, if I'm Mulligan, I'm going, look, man, that's the bar right there. 
Okay, and you got to factor in a little bit of inflation here since Brown signed his deal. So I'm saying, look, I want I want four, I want 105, and I want 65 guaranteed. And if the Bengals aren't willing to do that, if I'm Mulligan, I'm gonna, fine. I'm gonna hit the market because somebody's gonna give it to him. And that's where I think the Bengals are looking at this right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and, and I get that. Maybe they can't consider the franchise tag. I, I'm guessing it'll be somewhere in the $20 million, maybe higher. Twenty. It is. It's it, This year, it was 19.74. So you figure next year, a little inflation. Yeah, about $20 million. And that's all guaranteed. So that, that hits you in the cap hit. So they, maybe they can't afford it. But you know, then again, you know, you get so creative with these contracts that maybe you know, the Joe Burrow you know, cap hit doesn't really start to the year after that. So I think that's really confusing. Why is this reports coming out so early? You could get so creative with the cap, with the cap and contracts moving money around. We see it all the time, and maybe it just feels like there's a lot of maybe behind the scenes tension that people feel like, okay, you know, it's not going to work here. We're we're insulted here. You're not taking it seriously, and it's just a lot of bad blood. I don't know. I'm not in those uh, those meetings there, but you know, like you mentioned, those numbers, AJ Brown and T Higgins being similar. Yeah, you start there and you go get the bag and, and you cash in because. You know, if, if you are in the open market, wide receivers are very valuable. And what was it, two years ago when Christian Kirk and there was nobody else to compete with, he got he got the bag. So uh, if T. Higgins makes the, the open market, he's going to cash in big time and be like $25 million per year. So, yeah, it won't be like the, the contract Tyreek Hill got or Devontae Adams, but it's going to be pretty close. Uh, and that's a lot of money you can't pass up. So I get it. T. Higgins not to give the hometown discount. But for this to come out so early, something feels off, too, and behind the scenes. Yeah. It is early. I agree with you. And look, I mean, he, to me, he's right in that A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, you know, Debo Samuel group, right? Like that guy who you're like, okay, he's a, he's a star, might develop into a superstar. Um, it's interesting. Look, it, it, and you brought up, the, they could tag him for about $20 million. I pulled up their cap sheet on overthecap.com. They project the cap next year to jump significantly, which I, I don't know that it's going to jump $30 million as they're projecting, but let's say no matter what, okay, the Bengals are going to have a ton of cap space. They're projecting like $67 million. All right, so the Bengals could do it. Here's the question. Does Mike Brown want to write that check? Because that's been a problem in the past. I mean, they, they lost Jesse Bates, or in fact, they wouldn't guarantee him much money. I'm very interested to see how it all plays out. Um, I am of the opinion that the Bengals should pay Higgins, pay Chase. They've already paid Burrow. And look, that's that's your nexus. That's your nucleus, right? Like those three guys, and then you just filling around them. The Chiefs, everybody loves to be like, well, the Chiefs didn't do that with Tyreek Hill. No, that's wrong. The Chiefs did that with Tyreek Hill. They paid yeah, Hill yeah, they a did. second contract. They won a Super Bowl and went to another one with him. Then they didn't give him a third contract, Okay, which, by the way, they were very close to doing until the Christian Kirk deal and the Devontae Adams deal, and that blew everything up. But the Chiefs did give all those guys. The Chiefs built around Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. For years. And then the defense started to rot. And they said, okay, look, we're going to reinvest with, with getting rid of Hill. And that led to Karloff to something tough. And fine. But if I'm the Bengals, I'm giving Higgins and Chase second deals. Now, Chase mentioned the other day, and this I am paraphrasing, he's like, I hope Justin Jefferson goes out and gets paid and resets the market, which, of course, he will when he does get paid. Because he's like, that's good for me. Chase is not going to be $25 million a year. Chase is going to be 30 plus. So if you're the Bengals, yeah, man, like Burrow's 55, let's say Higgins is 25 and Chase is 30, that's a lot of money. But if you're them, that that's your ticket to winning. That's it right there, that trio. Yeah, and you, you got to pick a couple, three or three guys on offense and maybe two or three on defense. And then you say we're paying those guys at, at, at any cost and the rest will draft the other guys. But you got me thinking, man, like, like Justin Jefferson – you know, it's safe to say he's better than Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase is a year younger. 
Like, would he, would he top a Justin Jefferson contract? Like, I feel like at that point, it's kind of like, hey, man, know your place. You'll be number two after Jefferson. But again, right. you, you never know with, with these negotiations. But that is a, a good one you just brought up right now. I, I agree with you, but you know how that stuff goes, man. Like, yeah. the next guy gets paid. And I, I'm with you. I'm with you. He shouldn't get paid more than Jefferson. And maybe that, and that could be a point of contention in negotiations, right? That could be something that's a little thorny for the Bengals. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Let's get into the rest of week one. Obviously, the opener is under... uh... Under the belt here, the Lions beat the Chiefs 21-20. Picked out five games 
want to kind of look into, and actually it's a perfect uh, segue. I didn't even do this on purpose. But <laughs> the first game I want to look at, Bengals at Browns. Now, mind you, we're going to give you the spread of these games. We'll give you our thoughts. Um, all the spreads coming from SI Sportsbook, SISportsbook.com. Go ahead and check out that uh, that page where you can find odds for all, all sports, but uh, keeping in the NFL team, of course, here. So the Bengals are at the Browns, little uh, Ohio clash here. The Bengals have struggled in Cleveland over the years. I, I don't believe Burroughs ever won in Cleveland. The Bengals come in laying a point and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game here as you get these two AFC North teams uh, fighting? Yeah, you know, it's interesting how the Lions keep moving, uh, you know, the, the last couple of days here. It is week one, so a lot of uncertainty, and then you see the injury reports come out. So, uh, you know, a lot of respect for the Browns. I, I wonder if money's coming in from the public saying, you know what, we, we like the Browns and what they did it for uh, Miles Garrett and surrounded him with Sedarius Smith, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, and they got Elijah Moore for Deshaun Watson. So only minus 1.5. 1, 1. I will take the Bengals. I, like, I, I got to see it for the Browns to believe it. I get there at home. Uh, Joe Burrow might not be 100%, but he's going to be out there, and that's all I need to see uh, for this minus 1.5 here. But it is a rivalry game. It could be low scoring. Uh, you never know sometimes here, but with, you know when you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and a very good defense, uh, this, uh, this Bengals defense is underrated. It will be different without Jesse Bates there and, and Von Bell, but they still got the two stud uh, pass rushers up there. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I like the Bengals in the game. I get that the Browns give them a hard time. And, and look, the Browns are talented, but like Deshaun Watson was awful last year. Can Deshaun Watson play a lot better? Yeah, maybe. Let's see it. My only concern really for Cincinnati is Burroughs basically sat for the better part of two months uh, as, he, as he works back from, from his, his calf injury. So I am concerned about that. Um, that said, and, and look, week one is always weird too. You get results in week one that make absolutely no sense, and you look back at it two months from now, and you're like, how, like, how did that happen? What? Um, but I like, I like Cincinnati. I think the Bengals come out with uh, some vigor, and they, and they play well. Uh, I, I think underrated defensively. Adam Rumo, to me, is the best coordinator in the NFL. And, and offensively, look, we know what the Bengals can do. So I like him. Uh, it should be interesting watching Denzel Ward take a, take a turn here against Jamar Chase. It should be really a fascinating game. So we both like the Bengals to uh, to win and to cover. Okay, uh, let's go on since we already talked a lot about Cincy. We'll stay in the AFC North to some extent. The 49ers on the road. They get Nick Bosa back. Crisis averted. They're laying two and a half at Pittsburgh. Of course, they'll have Brock Purdy as he is back from his torn UCL. And the Steelers uh, seemingly at full health looked great in the preseason for whatever that's worth to you. Niners. Favored by two and a half, going cross country to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm mean, I'm really excited for this game. I, I I'm intrigued for several reasons, and you know I was really high on the Steelers being the the home dog here and, and taking this game here. But then Nick Bosa signed the contract, and then you start thinking, well, he might he might not be in game shape, and you start realizing it is Nick Bosa. He's like uh, he's a freak when it comes to uh, being in shape. So I think he'll be ready to go. He won't be 100, percent maybe 80 percent still really good for Nick Bosa. Uh, but I'm not gonna sway here. I I do like the Steelers and. I might kick myself for buying too much stock on Kenny Pickett in the preseason, but I was very impressed how how, how poised he was and pushing the, the ball down the field. I get it. It's easy to, to push the rock down the field when you don't have no consequences in the preseason. Would you be more skittish when it comes to regular season? We'll find out. But, you know, George, I think you were high on George Pickens uh, last time we spoke about him. He's going to be a breakout star, I feel like. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, a fryer move is a good tight end. You got Najee Harris. We'll see about the offensive line there. Uh, they did draft a... Uh, is it Project jo- Bro- 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 Jones? Project yeah, Jones from, from uh, yep. Georgia, the left tackle there. So George, we'll see what they do. 
But I, I think if the Steelers could put points against the 49ers, they should be okay. And then on the flip side, the Steelers have a very dominant defense. We've been talking about Alex Heisman. Remember the name there. Uh, and you have TJ Watt coming back too as well. So uh, being at home with a very good team that's coached well and Mike Tomlin, I'll take, I'll, I'll take the points and go with the Steelers. So I, I'm with you. Uh, I, you know, we talked a lot about it last uh, show, so I'm not going to belabor the point of Pittsburgh. But I love the defense. Uh, I, I think the defense is really good. I think they're going to give Brock Purdy a very tough time in this game. They are going to match up. They're going to get pressure. Look, the Niners have a new right tackle, Mike McGlinchey now playing in Denver. I think that matters. Um, for Broderick Jones, it will be a welcome to the NFL moment when uh, Nick Bosa lines up over, t- over his uh, helmet. But look, I, I think the Steelers... They're very talented. Like, if Pickett's good, they're, they got a lot of guys on that team. Now, I will put this caveat out there. Pickett might not be good, and they might score three points. Okay, that is that is the concern. But Purdy might not be good, and they might score three points. So my real bet here is I would take the under. The uh, line is 41.5. The number is 41.5. I don't know that either team's hitting 20. I feel like this is going to be a 1990s, like, 16-13 slugfest to the, to the death. But I'm with you. I like Pittsburgh, uh, not only to cover the number, but to outright win. It's also one of those games where the Niners go all the way across the country, and it's an early start. That's a tough spot. That's a tough spot. I know it's early in the year, so you're fresh, and that's fine. But still, it's a, it's a tough spot. Um, all right, let's go to our third game. Late window. Dolphins at Chargers. Chargers outline's been moving a little bit. Right now, they're laying three and a half here as we are recording this. They are at home, although, of course, it's the Chargers, which means it's essentially a road <laughs> game anyway, as the Dolphins fans will come pouring in. You're familiar yeah. with that, having covered the Chargers. Um, I know you are high on the Chargers. You are picking them uh, to win the AFC West, uh, and I know you're low on the Dolphins, so I'm assuming you're uh, rolling with the Bolts yeah, in this game. Yeah, uh, I am going with the Chargers, and I actually even go with the with the over here on the on the total line. I'm surprised it's only 50 because I, I can see a shootout with these two teams, you know, indoors. I'm at with home, you, you got Tyree okay. Hill, uh, Jalen Waddle, Justin Herbert, and, and Kellen Moore, the OC there. So, uh, I'm, I'm I'll start there. I'm intrigued to see how uh, the OC, you know, has this partnership with Justin Herbert, and and you know, Kellen Moore was great with the Cowboys for many years. Yeah, I get the McCarthy didn't like that he was too much, uh, you know, pass heavy and not run heavy. And the Chargers do have Austin Eckler there. I do wonder about their second running back. It's kind of like uh, with the, like you want to have what the Lions have at least two options there. One that's kind of a bruiser, and yeah. one that could be a versatile, which is Austin Eckler. They don't have that, but I want to – and shout out to Connor Oregon because he had that great piece in the Chargers having the basketball team. Like, I want to see Quinton Johnson. How do they incorporate him when you got Josh Palmer, Keen, Keen Allen, and Mike Williams, and then going against a Vic Fangio defense, which Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley know each other very well. Uh, that's pretty much his mental for Brandon Staley there. So should be a good little battle there. And no Jalen Ramsey on the other side there with, with the Dolphins. So I think that might kind of hinder it too a little bit. I think I mentioned last week like the Vic Fangio scheme takes maybe two years to get, get down. Uh, so I'll go with the Chargers. They have some advantage there, being familiar with each other, being at home, and have they have so many weapons. But I am very concerned about that that Chargers defense. Like, like they were good down the stretch last year, and then Jacksonville happened, and I'm like, okay, all momentum is gone there. And then you're gonna you're gonna face Tyreek yeah. Hill and Jalen Waddle. So I see a high scoring affair, but I do like the Chargers to win the game. Yeah, last year they played on a Sunday night in L.A. and. Tua was something like 3 of 17 for 25 yards to start the game. The Dolphins somehow almost won. I am taking the Chargers. I think the Dolphins cover the number. Um, It's probably the hardest call I have this week. Like It's one of those games, like there's a lot of different things. Plus, it's week one. It's always strange. Anything's possible. I am with you, though. I think it's going to be a lot of points. You know, 30 to 27, something like that. 
Uh, I don't know that one defense is really going to stop the other. The problem I have with the Dolphins is without Ramsey, I don't know that you're covering the Chargers. Like, it just feels like it's going to be a turkey shoot out there. They're just picking apart Miami's defense. Without Ramsey, that whole thing changes. Because Xavier Howard was a pro bar last year, but he did not play particularly well. And they just do not have other corners. I, I get it. You know, the safeties are good. Javon Holland, that's fine. But, like, he's not covering Keenan Allen one-on-one. And that's where my concern comes in with Miami. So we'll see. I'm with you on the Chargers. Of course, I will say, it is the Chargers. And so anything is possible in this game. The Chargers could win 41-10. to I wouldn't be shocked. The Chargers could lose 44 to nothing, and I wouldn't even blink. So I will take them. Uh, and a game that I think is going to be wildly entertaining. All right. Sunday night football, the Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys laying three and a half on the road. Darren Waller is questionable with a hamstring injury that popped up on Friday. That's not great. He is going to be very important for the Giants in the passing game. Of course, they do have Saquon Barkley and the Cowboys. Uh, moving forward with Mike McCarthy now calling plays, not Kellen Moore, who is, of course, with the Bolts. So, uh, Dallas and New York. I feel like they play every year on week one. Uh, where do you feel uh, strongly about this NFC East clash? Yeah, a quick side note here, Matt. By the way, it is our first year working with SI. We've made picks for different stories, maybe four different stories this week that I'm losing track of. Yes. What was my total? What was my against the spread? Who was my outright pick? That we hopefully probably contradict ourselves many times. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully. Yeah. And then the line changes, and then you have the injury report come out. So hopefully, if you're reading our stuff, you're like, hey, you disagreed there. So uh, I don't. I don't know what to tell you, but I, we will be better about that. I, I, I lost track. <laughs> I picked the Packers on this last podcast to make the playoffs, and then we put out our graphics, and I didn't have them in the graph. The Giants, <laughs> and it's because I did the graphic like I'm pretty sure I made my picks like months ago, and just copy and pasted them from Mitch. So it, I am not blaming Mitch. It is completely on me. Um, so somebody like tweeted me and they're like, "Hey, you you picked the Packers? Oh really? Like, yeah. I'm like, bro, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> like, I I'm sorry." Let's just like pick Packers slash Giants, like one of them. Um, so yeah, but in any event, yeah, dude, I'm with you. God only knows. I, I, yeah. I've made so many picks this week; it's impossible. We'll, to keep we'll track. be better of keeping track. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, on Sunday Night Football here, I, I'm gonna guess that maybe we might disagree here. We'll figure it out because I don't like us being the same three games in a row. Yeah. But I am gonna take the Giants here. I don't know if you're asking for my, I guess, the spread here. Well, I'm taking the Giants. So they're, they're, they're the dogs. But regardless. Uh, I will take the points, and you want to take a money line, go ahead, too, because I feel that confident for the Giants to win this game. Just for one big reason, I don't know what to expect of Mike McCarthy calling plays with Dak Prescott, being on the road, divisional game. Brian Dable and Daniel Jones don't need to figure each other out. They already know each other from last year, so I kind of like that. Like That's the big thing about Week 1, Matt. It's like there's so much new pieces unknown trying to feel each other out that sometimes just go with the team that knows each other very well, and maybe that's the best way to do it. I don't know. Uh, but I don't feel as strongly anymore because of the, the Darren Waller thing. And a lot of Raider fans or, or people who cover the Raiders are like, yeah, Darren Waller is really good, but he's never healthy. And I'm like, you are right, but I am watching this preseason game with the Giants. He looks really good, but we'll see. And here we are week one on the injury report. So if he plays, I will feel much better about it. Go ahead and make that bet. If he doesn't, uh, maybe ignore me. But I, I do like how they're they're familiar and they got better offensively with, with Paris Campbell, Darren Waller. Uh, all these pieces defensively, I do like them. They need some more help, I think, in the back end. Uh, but they have some good pass rushers, good, uh, pretty good duo inside in uh, Leonard Williams and uh, is it uh, Dexter Lawrence, right? Dexter Lawrence, uh, so yeah, Leonard Williams. Yep. So they're very loaded. A lot of great Pro Bowlers. So take a chance on the Giants. I feel like. Fair enough. I will take Dallas. So we we will uh, finally differ. Look, I am picking the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. And let me tell you something right now. 
I look forward to the first time they show Mike McCarthy on the sideline, and McCarthy looks as though he's he's staring out into the breach of uh, of a of a, a you know World War II scene, just staring like horrified into the abyss. I'm going to question immediately my choice for them to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I know that's coming, and I accept it. That said, I think they're loaded with talent, and I do think Dak is going to bounce back and have a very good yard. That is the one narrative this season. Or this offseason, I should say. I don't understand. People are treating Dak Prescott like he stinks. And I get that he led the league in picks last year and he only played 12 games. I mean, that's obviously terrible. His entire career, so his interception percentage, and for people who aren't aware, all that means is, like, if you throw 100 passes and you're picked off twice, your interception percentage is, is two, okay? So his interception percentage, his entire career, here are the numbers, 0.9, 2.7, last year. Like, he's not going to throw that many picks again. He's always been a guy who does not throw a ton of picks. The year prior to last, he threw for 4,449 yards, 37 touchdowns, and 10 picks. Like, he's, he's a really good player. I think he's going to bounce back. I think the Giants are in the game, but I like the Cowboys to win, and I think they win by a touchdown. So give me Dallas to win in a cover. And then, finally, our last game, which is a game I'm not going to lie, I've been looking forward to for months. Monday Night Football, Bills at MetLife to take on J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, The Bills are favored on the road by two and a half. Both teams coming in very healthy. Of course, Von Miller is not there. He's on the pup list. Uh, So he has to miss the first month of the year. Where are you going with Bills, Jets, as we uh, kick off the uh, Aaron Rodgers era in Gotham? Yeah, I know I just uh, spent a lot of time on the Giants and saying, take the team that knows each other, very familiar. Uh, but this one, I'm taking the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. They're new to each other. But it is Aaron Rodgers. He's a veteran. I feel okay. And they're at home. Uh, so I, I'm, a, I, I'm a believer in the hype there. Maybe I've been watching too much Hard Knocks, but I uh, actually have not been catching up. So maybe uh, uh, that's a false statement by me. So it's all football analysis right there. Uh, but I do feel confident with Aaron Rodgers, you know, making it work with Garrett Wilson. I really want to see that connection in a real game because uh, – that that uh that training camp, the passes and the hype that they've been having has been off the charts there. So we'll see how they do. And then the defense, they do know each other with Robert Sala. They they took a lot of uh, steps forward last year. And you have Quentin Williams and you have Sauce Gardner. And I, I think Albert Breer wrote a good story about the Jets defense going to be really good, but maybe slow down a bit because they don't have like pro bowlers everywhere. But I do like that they're well coached and they do have two of the best players defensively on their side. So I think both these teams are going to make the playoffs this year, um, for the record. And we talked about that last week. I am going to take the Bills out to win the game. Uh, I think it's close. I think it's a field goal. Um, but I I think the fact that Bills have a lot of familiarity with themselves will help, whereas the Jets, it's a lot of new pieces, and they're trying to get everything on the same page. We saw last night the Chiefs were trying to get some people on the same page, and it, it was a problem. And that, that team's been together for a long time, and yet trying to incorporate just a couple of new pieces really was an issue. Um I I think the Jets will be a very good team. I think they will win 10 or 11 games. I think Buffalo's in that same boat. Uh, but I'm taking the Bills on the road. So give me in prime time. I got Dallas and Buffalo on the road to win those games. I just think the Bills will be able uh, to do some things offensively. Uh, Allen is the great equalizer. I think at this point he's a better player than Rodgers. And I think the one problem I have with the Jets, I don't think they can block. And I think the Bills will take advantage of that. We shall see. If Miller was there, I'd feel better with my pick. He, of course, is not. So it's on Gregory Rousseau 
uh, to kind of get things done. I like him. I think he might have double-digit sacks this year. All right. As we're going to close out every show, I ask you, what's going on? What's going on in your life? Yeah, I, I feel I feel like not much. And, and you know, I guess I'll start off with, with my Thursday night football experience. And you're out there in the stadium, so maybe you have better stories than I do. But it's funny because, you know, I'm watching from home and, that was kind of unique for me to to watch and i was i was with my girlfriend and 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 she's like when is this over i'm like give me three or four hours we'll watch i want to watch on the big screen i don't want to watch on my laptop or the small small tv and and you know they're they're in the fourth quarter and she gets really into it i think that's she likes football when it gets to like the the five minute kind of crunch there so she got into it and the game's over and i'm like i want to hear what jerry goff has to say dan campbell she's like you told me 8 15 8 20 pacific time we're gonna change it so she's a big fan into like scary movies or like these kind of cult classics or, or horror movies so we have this app called shutter i don't know if you heard of it matt but i don't care for horror movies she's really into it so that was a deal we'll watch football but we're gonna watch a movie on shutter uh it was some weird movie about a witch and uh that's how i spent my thursday evening watching a movie about a witch that she was from salem but came back into the future to attack people and that's how i spent my first uh, night of football okay well that sounds uh, that sounds pleasant for your girlfriend, uh, <laughs> and for you it sounds like something that had to be done. Um, it's a trade, yeah. Yeah, these things happen. Uh, so for me, look, yeah, I was at the game. I, I don't have any great story out of there, at least not that I can share publicly. Um, like I, I would say you know, right now. So I, I'm I'm on the way back from the game this morning. It's seven hour drive, and I've got to get. I'm like racing to get back because I have to pick up my daughter from school, and. And my, my dad, who is a huge Chiefs fan, calls me and we're sitting there talking about the, the game. And, it, you know, toward the end of the conversation, he's like, yeah, going out with your mother tonight. Got to go over to a, a, you know, a, a family friend, essentially, a family friend's house. Uh, they're having this murder mystery theme thing. And, yeah, I got I got to go over there and be part of it. Now, if you know my dad, I mean, I could picture him. I don't know, jumping out of a plane before I could picture him doing this. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> you got to dress up? Yeah. Like, what are you dressing up as? I got to dress up as a as a hipster who also likes the outdoors. <laughs> Gilbert, I'm telling you right now, I would pay any amount of money to see photographs of this. Now, luckily, my mother's also going, and God knows she's going to take 100 photos of it, so I don't have to pay anything. But I am absolutely going to get a print blown up to like a 16 by 20 and they're coming out in a few weeks for my daughter's uh, sixth birthday and i am going to have that picture framed up in my house and i know i know my father's probably listening to this podcast so that that's right enjoy that everybody's going to know that, that you were at this murder mystery <laughs> dinner um I, I gotta see the attire matt like is your dad gonna go with the beanie and, and so, the latte cup holding so around the whole time i, I was told he told me um through t- through laughter that is masking tears that he has to wear like a, a hat with a pink polo shirt, and he's gonna wear uh, some, I, I guess, like some some like trendier shoes, like boots, and then he's also got to bring like a net with him and a fishing rod. It, this is ridiculous. This whole thing's ridiculous. So there's okay. four couples involved. He does not want to go, but he's trying to be nice to my mother, who's excited to go. So kind of like your dynamic on Thursday night, you had to sit down and watch the movie. I, again, I cannot express enough how impossible this is to picture my dad doing this. My mother must have the goods on him something fierce. <laughs> so 
I cannot wait for the photos. I look forward to printing one out, framing it, and slapping it right on the wall. It will not stay up long, but it'll stay up long enough that at the birthday party, I want people to like look at my dad and then look at that picture and be like, wait a minute, what's going on with that? Um, just total humiliation after a flight from New York to Chicago. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on. I got a pickleball tournament in a few weeks. I got I to really buckle down. Now that I'm back from KC, I've got to... I can't embarrass myself, man. I, I'm not saying I'm going to win, but like... I can't be going out first, so we, we got to you know hopefully hopefully a deep run, but I got a couple of weeks to kind of sharpen the uh, sharpen the tools here. Just be better than the Arizona Cardinals, and you'd be okay. I, I don't think I could be worse than the Arizona Cardinals. That <laughs> play with pride. Yep, yeah, yeah, play with pride. Uh, I at least have pride, which is more than I think I can say for the Cardinals at the moment. All right, that's all we got this week. Uh, we are looking forward to Week One, the rest of Week One, and then we'll be back, of course, next week midweek. Uh, I did it a little bit later this time around because I was traveling on Wednesday and the game Thursday, but normally we'll be here um, a little bit earlier on, and we'll be breaking down all the Week 1 action. Looking forward to Week 2. There's there's a lot of good games, by the way, in Week 2, so we're going to have plenty to chew on. Uh, But for Gilberto Manzano, I am Matt Verdam. Thank you so much for listening to the MMQB podcast. If you haven't already, please like it, give it a five-star rating, subscribe to it, leave a review. Uh, would really, really appreciate it. And if you leave a question in the review, we'll answer it. So thank you so much uh, for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 